lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we have a big one today, y'all. Um, it's going to get emotional, uh, it's going to get powerful, but once again, Billy Dixon, the business, the the leader of Pro Wrestling Vibe, one of the uh, leaders in the expansion of LGBTQ Pro Wrestling, is back on the show one last time, at least for now. One last time for now. You know, we're just a couple of weeks, a few weeks away from Pride and Vibe Weekend out at uh, Ridgeville Park, New Jersey, the LGBTQ Pro Wrestling Weekend Festival that Pro Wrestling Vibe is holding, helmed by Billy Dixon, and that is where Billy's last match is going to be, at least for this chapter of their journey in pro wrestling against Darius Carter in an I Quit match at the Cassandra Cup 2 on June 17th. Um, Billy announced that they're going to step away from pro wrestling for uh, the foreseeable future, uh, you know, take care of the the man behind Billy Dixon uh, for a while. And, you know, obviously we saw the outpouring of love online for that. And uh, uh, it's just, it's a time of celebration of what Billy has done. And what Billy will continue to do, running Pro Wrestling Vibe. But you know we couldn't let him leave in-ring competition without one more stop on this show. Um, And we get into it all. We get into the retirement decision, what factored into that for him. Um, You know, we we talk a lot about Pro Wrestling Vibe weekend as well uh, and and everything in between. Uh, And with all of the various events and news uh, in the pro wrestling world that have made this a somewhat monumental week and in many ways, whether you look at the whole ringside news debacle or the uh, the GCW uh, COVID test uh, back and forth that emerged yesterday, um, even down to double or nothing this weekend like all it's a it's a big week in pro wrestling news but uh this is billy dixon's day this right here for at least for for what we do at lgbt in the ring this is billy dixon's day and that's what we are focusing on we are focusing on the newly non-binary qwi number one the first number one in the qwi 200 ever and I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's jump right into my conversation with the gay president, Billy Dixon. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I'm very pleased to have, once again, on the show, one of the founders of what ultimately has become Pro Wrestling Vibe. We're heading into Pride and Vibe weekend on June 17th and 18th, coming up the big first ever LGBTQ pro wrestling festival weekend. And it's going to be a, a bittersweet moment for a lot of us who have watched this person for, for seven years now. 
um, carve a path all his own and make sure that that path is wide enough to bring so many people along with him. Um, the business, Billy Dixon, welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. Hello, what's poppin', everybody? <laughs> I am I am here to retire as most visits on LGBT in the ring. Um, I'm the undertaker of this shit, so I'm excited to be here. <laughs> you know what? That is, well, we're gonna make sure that that is uh, memorialized somewhere for you. You are the undertaker of LGBT in the ring. <laughs> 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 no, I'm I'm excited to have the chance to kind of sit down with you and talk a bit. You know, obviously when we first set up the the um, chance to talk about uh, Pride and Vibe Weekend again, as we're just weeks away at this point, that was previous to you kind of announcing your retirement from the ring uh, at Pride and Vibe Weekend at the Cassandro Cup two specifically after your I Quit match with Darius Carter being your final match there um i guess we can if you're okay we can start there because i feel like whenever you posted that that expansive like emotional and very vulnerable uh message announcing your your intent to retire after that match with darius and all of the different machinations that went into it there was a lot of outpouring for you uh, and a lot of people that were pointing to you as, you know, as so many have for the, for a number of years now as a driving force for what we're seeing in terms of the increase and continued growth of not just LGBTQ representation in pro wrestling, but also more people recognizing that, more people from outside of our own community recognizing that. Um, I want to talk about the actual, like, what went into that decision for you to retire. But first off, what was your reaction to see how people were speaking about you and then after that was posted? Um, it felt overwhelming. Um, I just want to start off by saying thank you to everyone who said nice words. Um, it was very overwhelming for me. Um, and... I know it came completely out of nowhere, but um, there were just things that happened in my personal life, mental health crises of that nature, that just made it really apparent that something needed to give. And I've known in the back of my head for the past at least three-ish years that you know my relationship with wrestling would have to look something different. I didn't know what that would be, but I knew a change needed to happen. I just kept pushing it off. Um, and I was just really grateful. Um, and, you know, my, my, my journey to repair my mental health is a, a quickly evolving and ever-changing one. And I'm not trying to be fake, humble, or trying to be super gracious or anything like that. I didn't really consider that I made any sort of impact. So um, it was very, uh, very heartwarming to know that like, I, I may have done something that mattered. So um, yeah, that was just really nice. Yeah. I know in past conversations that we've had, like you've spoken about the focus being on the next thing coming and not really getting the chance to kind of stop and smell the the flowers so to speak 
around you mm -hmm. whenever you're doing these all these like historic events you're making historic matches you're making history yourself in that way do you think like that sort of uh mindset and having to have that approach while in like the nitty-gritty of a pro wrestling career kind of prevented you from seeing exactly the impact that that you were making in the way that was shown to you in the responses yeah because i think in wrestling especially independent wrestling the high and lows are not consistent for everyone so you could go having a great crazy good match and thinking like this is going to put me on the map this is going to get me out there this is going to like I'm going to be able to be able to make the money that I should be able to make. And then you're immediately brought right back down to earth within hours. You know, I think one of the things that I thought about um, was like in Texas for WrestleMania, I still have not had time to process what me and uh, Hoodford did at all. Um, because literally as soon as that match was over, I got into, I got into a, a Uber, went to my Airbnb, took a shower, that fucking, uh, um, and then went to another show. Then after that, was figuring out if I was going to go spring break or not, um, and then went home to sleep because I needed to be up early for gay brunch the next day. And I was just, and, and, and there's a lot of retrospective shit happening right now. And it's like, I really wished maybe I didn't take a booking hours after. You don't have time to think about it. Like literally I saw Hoodfoot, Russell Masada, hours after we, you know, made history. And, um, you know, it was just like, there really is no time to really reflect and think about the milestones that you may or may not have accomplished. Um, I think I, I think the go, 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 and the on to the next thing, I think it's, it's harmful. I, I've learned that for me, at least, it's harmful. So that kind of did that directly contribute to some of the the mental health stuff that you were um, dealing with around pro wrestling? Um, I think that the mental health thing is really a compounded thing. Um, I think pro wrestling has a way of eroding your mental health in a very particular way. Um, and I'm not saying like, I'm not like bitter against wrestling. Like it's the best thing in the world. It's the best art form, nothing, nothing comes close. But um, I think the grind and the climb and the, 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 the wanting to progress your career and the wanting to succeed and the push and pull with like promoters or things of that nature, I think, um, it's damaging to, to your sense of self-worth. I felt like I was approaching a certain level in, in, in independent wrestling. Like my, you know what, I'm retiring. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Okay, a lot of it is, there's a group of people at the top of the LGBT equation. But if you did how much each of us made the white gays make more, substantially more than their, their black and brown color parts. And I was just getting incredibly frustrated with knowing that I have an audience, knowing that I have people that are very supportive behind me, 
knowing that I am being put in positions to sell out shows, being in main events, key matches, and financially there being just like a huge disconnect between what I'm making and what my counterparts are making and being really upset about it and being really, um, my, 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 my uh, sense of self-worth plummeted. You know, fighting with the, fighting with the promotion to, uh, to get like equal opportunity to do something, you know, there's a lot of factors. You know, um, sometimes the drives home from the road can be a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun driving home by myself on the road. You know, like I've, I've hit that Spotify, I go crazy, my podcast, comedy special. But then sometimes it's sad and it's lonely. You know, it's sad and it's lonely when you've missed, you know, a family member being born or you missed one of your best friends getting married. Um, to wrestle. And I think the, there was a reckoning with me uh, about a lot of that recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can definitely imagine like an industry, an industry like pro wrestling, where um, so much of, of that perceived worth of self can be tied to to like financial terms in that way can definitely have an impact on on the psyche and it's unfortunate to hear that there are still you know these pay disparities uh or these any any real kind of disparities uh that break along racial lines even within um our community that's that's really disappointing to hear yeah i mean it's I think, you know, and this is a lot, a lot of this I'm working through in therapy and things like that. Like I'm, I am, I am actively avoiding becoming a bitter person. I'm actively avoiding becoming um, truly jaded because wrestling's given me a lot. And, you know, the thing, the, the, the saying wrestling owes you nothing, there's a lot of truth to that. But I will say like, it, you know, There's a lot of, when you have a lot of quote unquote marks against you, I think we're not understanding the toll it takes mentally. It's really hard to um, know that you're not getting something or know that the, the barrier, or it would be a lot easier if you weren't X, Y, or Z. Um, it's not solely because of that, for sure, but um, uh It's hard for some some of us. It really is difficult for some of us. Now, obviously, like the the announcement definitely came out of the blue. Although I, it feels like you've been hinting a bit at this for a while now, even dating back to our conversation last year uh, after your match with AJ Gray. I mean, you talked about wanting to leave pro wrestling and and having that program be something that pulled you back in or, or made you feel like that was a, a place where you could still belong for at least another year as we as we got to see year plus um for you whenever you decided to put out the announcement and like make it uh official in black and white for all of us to see um 
what was your thought process and what was your approach to know that that was the moment when you, when you needed to do that for yourself? Um, it was seeing a lot of younger wrestlers than myself make the same mistakes. It was, it was a moment of, I've lived in a bubble for the past seven years. I've been wrestling, literally, I've been wrestling since I got out of high school, you could say. I've lived in a bubble for this whole time. And I think there were conversations with younger wrestlers and their I could hear the pain and the, the anguish and the ignorance on some things. And it made me realize um, that, you know, someone needs to break it down for them. And I thought, if I made something about like what I could see y'all going through down the line, like you can figure out how to not get to this point that I'm at, where I've made a lot of mistakes. I've done a lot of things not great. And it contributed to me having to pull myself out. So I really wrote that. I mean, for people who have supported me and my peers, yeah, but like my, the most important thing is that the young wrestlers that I've gotten to get to know and have communication with, I wanted them to um, really like take heed to like, you know, tighten your shit up as a person, not a wrestler, as a person. Make sure all your affairs are in order so that you can be set, you know, in case it doesn't work out or in set to be able to do this in a way that isn't draining of you financially, emotionally, physically, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Do you feel like that message, I mean, obviously it hasn't been that that long since you put out your, your announcement and everything, but, you know, in the locker rooms that you have been in since then, do you feel like that message is, is coming across to those uh, younger wrestlers that, that you are, were viewing? Um, I don't have an answer of that for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really, it's, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know that if that makes sense. You know, that's their individual journey. I don't, I don't want to know if someone's like, yeah. And then I decided to like save money to get health insurance. Like, I don't, I don't want to know that. Like, um, cause you know, I, it, it, it it's not for me to that wasn't for me to go now now show me your your work for lack of better term it was just like i'm a cautionary tale unfortunately yeah no i completely understand that you know i mean i feel like a lot of times when people find someone to look up to pro wrestling or otherwise any real media venture especially people that are on the outside of of that bubble outside of the the locker room and that sort of thing they can look to something like that as um, like being like having like say, saying something like that as trying to like make a teachable moment or like so or like view people like yourself that are in like some form of leadership role, you know, running running pro wrestling vibe, for instance, um, or being an influence to so so many other people around you in pro wrestling they can look to you in that as like almost 
being a, a mentor in that way, but it's a very parasocial sure. thing because they don't necessarily know what your how your approach to that would be and, and, and how you internalize that feeling for yourself. You know, it can be very, very different. Mm-hmm. I, um, how do I put this? I embraced and I am appreciative to be considered um, a leader in whatever way. Um, uh, I don't know, I'm still, um, uh, God, I wish I had something really poignant to say about that. I'm still wrestling with uh, a lot of the stuff because I feel like the last three years in particular were a very emotional, full throttle whirlwind slash clusterfuck slash like fever dream. Um, so to, you know, I don't consider myself a leader really. I mean, I just did some stuff to make some stuff happen. Um, but, you know, I'm appreciative to be held in that regard for sure. You, you speak about the, the last three years really kind of cementing your rationale for, for needing to leave pro wrestling, um, at least the way that you have been interacting with it for, for the, the seven years that you've been in pro wrestling. Were there any specific events that, that really like pushed you to make this decision over the course of that three-year span? Can you repeat that last part of the question again, please? Yeah, yeah. Was there were there any specific events during that the last three years that you speak of that really that really kind of cemented that this was the right decision for you to make? Um, when I realized that wrestling consistently wanting to make me kill myself uh, was not indeed healthy. Um, when uh, wrestling Twitter had a lot to do with it. I'll be honest with you. Um, it's the necessary medium to connect, to promote, to to be quote unquote relevant. You know, Twitter is like a water cooler talk, but in an application form. And the negativity that's on there, and the 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 amount of trauma that we've had to witness, endure, litigate, figure out play judge during executioner on was so fucking exhausting, to be honest with you. Um, And then contentious relationships with people in the fan base, whether or not they can talk to us like we're pieces of shit. Um, You know, people doing accusations of, of, of people that I know that, because I know all of the facts are not true. And seeing the erosion of some of my friends' mental health, seeing people that will never get their day in quote unquote wrestling court for their crimes. Um, the, the, the app played a big role. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's really, and you, you know, I was noticing that like, if I just removed myself and just posted a match or something, I'm losing followers, which means I'm losing audience, mm-hmm. which plays into sense of self-worth, you know? Um, I think for me, personally speaking, I didn't know what was next. You know, 
there wasn't any way I was gonna, gonna become like a GCW regular. I mean, I feel like with all due respect, like I met a beloved Brett and the team there. Uh, those spots that I could have gotten were filled by people that I love and care about. Um, I'm not calling anything quotas or diversity hires or whatever, but um, it was, I'm not gonna lie, it was difficult to steal the show at Collective two times in a row and be given bupkis by the number one independent company in the world. You know, thank you for the opportunity for sure. But when you see other people just given a shot on like the lower tier brands to wrestle and you're like told to just commentate and it's fucking demoralizing, you know? And it also creates a paranoia where it's like, is this gonna be what people think my worth is? I have nothing against commentating. I love commentating with Veda and Nick Knowledge. I think they're two of the best. I have nothing but love and respect for them. Um, and it's not saying that commentary is not important because it is, but I, I didn't get into this to do commentary. Um, but keeping it real, like it was hard. It was hard to, it was hard to know what happens next when you create these feats, you know? I wasn't put in a position to steal a weekend, but I did anyway, twice in a row. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's hard to be like, okay, so what happens next? And being told to sit and wait. And uh, people who didn't have the weekends I did don't have to. Um, how do you not feel uh, fucking worthless, you know? And it's not that I need Brett Lauderdale to make me feel validated. You know, I've been nominated for match of the year with shit outside of GCW. It's not what this is. It's a lot more just about like symbolism in the eyes of the market, AKA the wrestling fan. You know what I mean? Like, uh, how do I put it? Like, there are certain markers that wrestling has created that if you are any good, you have to hit these, these uh, markers, right? You know, I haven't wrestled for Beyond Wrestling. The conversations with Drew Cordero just stopped. I, I've had conversations with a lot of the bigger companies that just stopped. Mentally, it fucked me up because I'm seeing my peers, specifically within the LGBT community, you know, being able to get the opportunity. And I don't know necessarily why, um, but uh, when these things like, just not happen for me, it's hard to feel like I am the number one gay wrestler in the world. When my access is uh, like kind of non-existent sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't feel like necessarily um, like a real win when the best work is at the places you've created. There's a, there's a level of detachment that I think you wanna feel for achieving something where it's not you as the showrunner because you don't wanna feel like you're being masturbatory, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, 
some of these things played a role. Like again, no ill, no ill will, no bitterness, no anger. I'm so past that. I'm so, I'm so removed from wrestling kind of right now, but um, you know, just explaining my mindset, like that's a lot of that happening. Um, and you know, things like pay, personal relationship crumbling, being a shit boyfriend, um, uh, not being able to work on things with family members um, uh, or myself. You know, I was talking to my mother and um, she got upset because I said, you know, when I think about it, I haven't bought a thing for myself in seven years. Mm. And she was very upset. Um, but uh, there's a lot that played into this, you know, professionally, like that's where the angst kind of came from, which is just like, hmm, like, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Like, oh, um, feeling really confused, low-key gaslighted into feeling like I'm not as successful or not as good as I am. Uh, and then personally, having a lot of relationships completely suffer because of my commitment to the business. Hmm. I mean, that it's painful to hear. It really right. and it, I don't want to come at this from a place of like entitlement, you know. Oh yeah, no. entitled to shit. You know, I'm not saying like, oh, because I'm this, I deserve to be like the world champion of every company. Like I never really cared about um I never really cared about that kind of stuff. But it was like if you give me the opportunity, I can make something happen. And when I have been given the opportunity on the big stages. To sink or swim, I've never sank. You know, and to see that being able to 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 really come out on top, competing for lack of better word, against the best in the world, we're all trying to steal the show. You know, when you're able to do that against people that were on television, people that are legends, people that are your legends people that are your contemporaries that are ahead of you, you know, in several ways. And, you know, I don't know if it's some sort of like subconscious, like he goes against a lot of what this business represents. Maybe it's not a good idea to get from the ball. I don't know. I don't, I'm not in their heads, but, um, you know, I, I just wanted in my career to be like about the art, if I did good, you know, Good, 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 good work to get rewarded. Good sales to get rewarded. A bump in ticket sales to get rewarded. A bump in social media indicators should be rewarded. It it, it wasn't the case for me always, um, and that really sucked. I continues to suck a little bit, but um, you know, what's done is done. So yeah, and and I don't mean to like painful in terms of like an entitlement sort of thing but more so just like how that has like clearly affected you um in in the way that it has you know like no one no one deserves to have so much of that like self-worth tied into all of these different metrics that are fickle and don't really reflect that and and i feel like 
you know, in, in your message talking about wanting to like recommit to like family and, and friends and like that close circle that and committing to, to Kyle as opposed to Billy and rebuilding mm-hmm. Kyle was like a very poignant point to be made here. Cause that's really, you know, from the, from the message and, and what you're telling me today, like, it really seems like that is the focus is just Kyle yeah. needs, needs attention. Uh, desperately. So I've yeah. committed my entire adult life to a fictional character. Hmm. I can't begin to tell you the damage that that does to someone, you know, like, I don't want this to be so depressing. So I'm sorry, listener, if you're like, <laughs> God, this fucking guy needs a coffee and a cigarette. Don't worry, I'm going to get one after this. Um, <laughs> but like, and I'm not feeling sorry for myself. You know, I play a role in my life and my career. You know, I'm not a victim. I don't, I don't consider myself one. But I think I just was a kid with no life skills or understanding. And I thought I knew everything at 19 and I just made a bad decision to not be well-rounded as a person when I got into this. You know, I've been poor my whole life. There are wrestlers that are on TV that were able to get to TV and be successful because their parents funded their careers. There are wrestlers who, you know, uh, their parents pay for their trans or their easy pass or or something, you know, or are married to people that are wealthy and, and said, hey, you can invest, you know, that's awesome. God bless. I wasn't afforded the luxury of that. And I didn't have the wherewithal at 19 to go, hey, motherfucker, uh, what about the odds that this doesn't work? How are you going to support yourself? Maybe you should finish college. Then you can get a better paying job, you know, like, go to therapy while you're starting your wrestling career deal with your trauma deal with your real life shit I didn't do that I was just really excited to be in a ring and to bump and to hit the ropes and to see what I can do and I didn't think about like my personhood at all uh so like not the best decision for sure uh to do this so young in life you know yeah, I can definitely see that. And, you know, I think that that is at least having someone to, to look to as an example, even though it was unfortunate, like the experiences that you had. Um, honestly, it, it really makes me feel like pro wrestling needs to have a little bit of a, a reckoning in some ways with how it like onboards people in a way, you know, is like, I feel like so many people do come into it with that excitement because of the the spectacle that that it is and that feeling of like entering this like new world so to speak and granted i'm speaking from an outsider's perspective you know but but it also can chew you up in multiple different ways and yeah it feels it feels like better resources of preparing these young people, especially whenever we see people like Nick Wayne and Billy Starks, um, these like young, like minors that are killing it, like in terms of like the, the pro wrestling presentations there and that sort of thing. Prodigies. Yeah. But at the same time, like sometimes as much as we celebrate how good someone is at a young age or like being committed to something at, at such a young age, um, they sometimes the, the pitfalls that come down the line 
not to say that this is like going to happen for for anyone in specific, but just the potentiality mm-hmm. of these sort of things. Right. Is I think unfortunate. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I, no, you're fine. Um, I think uh, in conversations with like Mouse, Billy's dad, and um, you know, and other people, I think you know. I hope that you know she's going to be a legal adult very soon. I hope that you know she takes time to just be an eighteen-year-old girl and hang out with her girlfriends and go to the beach and like takes weeks off here and there. You know, I I I would want that for her because I think that she's so brilliant and gifted and there's a whole world out there for her beyond wrestling. And I really want, um, I really want her to have that. I really want her to have that. I really want all these people that are young, even if you're in your early twenties, you know, take the time out to just like live life. The best thing that happened to me personally was like peak lockdown because like the grind just stopped. It just stopped. Like there was nothing to do, but to, I was, I moved into this house with my roommate and we were able to like, just talk about life, unpack a lot of shit about ourselves and heal, you know, she was going through a breakup. I was going through wrestling trauma, family trauma, and like being able to just be, go to the beach, walk, a, walk the dogs, simple life shit, fucking amazing. Um, you know, sorry that it took place during a pandemic. That sucks. But, um, you know, it was an opportunity to, 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 to make the best of it. And I feel like we did. But I also feel like the pandemic really did make me think about leaving a lot more because it's all, you're, you got nothing but time to think. And I enjoy Kyle having the spotlight in my life and just working for the sole benefit of myself, you know, being a normal person, working a job, having the weekends off, partying, seeing family, seeing friends, doing events and stuff, learning crafts and stuff, great. Um, Yeah, so I hope the younger wrestlers take time to grow themselves out as people and compartmentalize wrestling in a way that is beneficial for both them and their careers. What was your initial feeling once you posted the retirement uh, notice to everybody? Relief. Hmm. Relief. I I was I was over the moon. I'm very grateful for my career. I don't want to, I feel like I'm coming across like such a bitter cunt, but I'm like, so like blessed. I I haven't really wrapped my mind around what I was able to accomplish, you know, but the things I was able to accomplish, I'm very happy and satisfied with. Um, but I think right now in life, I'm just so excited for this next chapter in my life. And I'm, I'm, I'm so ready to embrace this next chapter um, that doing that did not hurt. 
because I knew that I was giving myself like the gift of like being free from this. Mm. No, I mean, I'm I'm happy for you. You know, I I truly am, and I know so many other people are. As much as we, you know, have celebrated Billy Dixon, the wrestler, the promoter, and you know all all the different facets of in pro wrestling that you've played um i feel like and i I can really only speak for myself but i know i'm not the only one uh, that is truly happy for you to be able to find happiness and a a more like positive just mindset for yourself you know and if leaving wrestling is is what does that for you then by all means you know um thank you i really appreciate that um you know like i said i'm not saying that this is there's a chance that i turn like 29 and i'm like hey i'm back you know (laughs) yeah i I, i'm not putting any timetable on anything and i'm not saying that i am gonna come but um you know uh, I'm just really happy and I'm really grateful that I've been able to do what I have been able to do. And I don't want, and I, I, I worry about this a little bit. I don't, I do feel a little memorialized. I am not dying. I am not dead. I am very much alive. Um, uh, you know, like, I, I don't want people to feel like this is like the death of LGBT wrestling. Like, it's really not. There will be big gay brunches. There is something that a certain poly cult king is working on that I can't release into the world yet. There is places like Hood Slam and Enjoy Wrestling and Southeast First and GCW and the big gay brunch and whatever new projects come about uh, within the next few years. And, you know, I will, there will still be Paris is bumping. There will still be vibe. You know, I am just not going to be in the public eye anymore. You know, I'm going to be a citizen, but like, I want people to like, I don't want to be like, I'm, this is not a Vita. Like, you know, like, I, I want people to like, thank you. I appreciate it. I love you. But put the love into the people that are still here. Put that love into Ash and Star. Put that love into Mariah Moreno, put that love into the Dark Sheep, put that love into Devon Monroe, Rick Valentine, you know, Jordan Blade, uh, Kid Bandit, you know, St. Sinclair, Eddie McQueen, uh, Dylan McQueen, you know, like, they're still here grinding. All the love you have for me, I want you to give it to them, because they need that more than you will ever know. The positive attention keeps us going. And lets us know that we're doing good. So I'm not dead. Billy Dixon may be dead, but you know, uh, there's 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 so much LGBTQ wrestling to still support, for sure. Oh yes, for sure. I mean, the the number of of out people in the industry continues to grow, and there are so many awesome projects that are already established. Things that are just getting started. Things like what you're alluding to with, with a certain uh, polyam king. 
um, doing something like there, there, this is a, a movement that, you know, that is not going away. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the momentum that it has, you know, once again, just speaking for myself, did come from, from a lot of what you did as well. So, um, and I hope that the, like the way that, that, that I speak about you or the way that I, that I've written about you doesn't necessarily make you feel like you're being memorialized. I know that's a very no, thin I, it, line it, to walk. That's sometimes. a me thing. That's a me yeah. thing that I'm okay. working on in therapy. Okay. Positive attention. Not yes. really good at it. Yeah. But um, yeah, like, you know, but again, I will need time to really understand if I made some sort of impact, what that impact was. I will need a lot of time to work through that. You know, yeah. I can't just, I receive it, but I don't understand it because I am a notoriously self-hating person. So, um, uh, you know, I, I receive that and I, I am not in any way being negative towards, you know, uh, the, the praise. I love that praise, but it will take me a while to really understand like the impact that may or may not have been made for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black Design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboyotm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment, sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Well, let's move on to some, I mean... It is somewhat of a happy topic because you're moving into a place in your life where you can kind of focus on yourself and, and have that that quality of life that, that you want. But there is still a bit of the, the Billy Dixon journey in pro wrestling that is coming up here. Obviously, you just had uh, your match with, uh, with Andino. Uh, for the Chocolate City Championship, which, you know, if there was anybody that was a worthy successor to the two-year-plus reign of Billy Dixon with that championship, Andino 
uh, is is definitely on that list, if not the top of that list right now. Mm -hmm, I agree. Talk to me about that moment, like with Andino being able to share the ring with him one last time and, and to be able to, you know, yes, we know the old adage in pro wrestling about, you know, going out on your back and that sort of thing, but you really elevated that championship from its birth to, to something that has a, a reputation, a, a stellar reputation, I think, for a lot of people. What was it like for you to be able to give not necessarily give Andino that moment, but have that moment with Andino. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. There was an option to retire as champion and to vacate the title. Um, I was never going to do that because I'm old school as shit. But uh, um, I want the Chocolate City Championship to go to the Diamonds in the Rough. That's what I was when I got there was no fanfare, no, I was barely getting by wrestling when I won it. I wasn't getting booked that much. I was, I was doing okay. I was doing okay. I want that title. I want that championship to, um, to go to people who can make their own mark with it, can can do their own thing with it and can use that as an, uh, as an opportunity to really grow their characters, their brands, their gimmicks, what have you. Um, and I think Andino holding that championship, I think his creativity is really out there. And I think the ability to take that championship and to travel with it and to go balls to the walls, I think he will do a good job with it. And I remember talking to him uh, August of 2020 when we filmed uh, one of the pandemic tapings or whatever. And I remember sitting him down and going like, I like what you're doing. I think you have a good connection with the crowd, like level up so I can drop this thing to you. Like, I would like to drop this thing to you. I think you have what it takes to really be something unique and different. And I think that he's incredibly entertaining and as much as he hates Andino, he, he does have some of that Eddie Guerrero, like, hate to lo love to hate this guy, you know? And I'm really proud of him. And I was really proud of this. I was really proud to see him do his thing for the culture. That was a really great thing. No, it was awesome to see him on, on For the Culture as well. Um, and I guess speaking for the culture, I know you talked about not necessarily really having the time to, to process the moment that you had there with Hoodfoot and, and still working through those feelings. But where you're at today, looking back on that match with Hoodfoot, what, what are your reflections right now that I guess in progress as you, as you're working through those things? Um, Real gratitude. Really, really um, grateful to AJ Gray for that opportunity. Um, and grateful for Maurice Clifford, sorry, uh, 
to um, walk hand in hand through the history books. Um, there was no doubt that I was going to lose that match. I mean, hello. But like, uh, I wanted to tell a story with him that people, for one brief moment, lost their, uh, you know, suspense of disbelief or whatever it's called. And we accomplished that in that match. I really struggled throughout my whole career with feeling like I was like a good wrestler. Like I really struggled with that. But the ability in the death match where they've seen it all, they've seen it all, to have them erupt the way they did when I kicked out at one, I think was one of the most validating moments of my career and made everything worth it and made me immensely proud uh, to make the decision. And it felt affirming in a lot of ways. And, and I knew that whatever would happen next didn't matter. And whatever excuses as to why I don't deserve an opportunity didn't matter because the one thing you can't erase is the evidence and the proof of the pop. And I was able to walk away, like literally head, head held high, knowing that like it won't, that, that match was not gonna amount to anything for me. I knew it wasn't gonna amount to anything for me when I took the booking, but knowing that I was able to walk away with for myself, the proof that like, if again, if given the ball, I can make it happen. And I, I made it happen and Hoodfoot and I have like this very weird, incredibly violent chemistry and, um, and, and we wanted to make the match um, a very different take on a death match. I think we we went for a very deliberate pace that was a lot slower, a lot more old school, a lot more about character work and telling a story leading to the violence. Um, and I think he's incredible. I'm so proud of Hoodfoot, man. He's just so fucking good. And like, he's just killing it. And he's, he's you know, he's opening the doors, him and, and, and AJ are really opening the doors for more black men um, and black people in general uh, to, uh, if they want to be involved in death match, the, the door is opening. Um, and and I don't, I'm not going to say why that door hasn't opened. I wasn't there. I, I really don't know why that door hasn't been opened. Maybe there just wasn't an interest. Who knows? But it's opening and it's beautiful to watch them kill it. And I, I, Man, I'm not gonna cry. Uh, I that was the most beautiful gift I've ever been given in wrestling. Was AJ giving me that match? Um, man, he don't know what he did for that little boy. Who uh, he don't know what he did for him. He 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 he. That was a beautiful gift, and uh, I am so grateful. Yeah. Well, speaking of beautiful gifts, one that, that you are giving to us on your, uh, your final weekend uh, in the public eye of pro wrestling, at least, uh, Pride and Vibe weekend, June 17th and 18th. Um, you know, obviously, we've, we've had you on. We've talked about the event itself. Um, we've gotten... The match lineup so far that we've seen is uh, 
really, really intriguing. Obviously, Paris's bumping's main event being the the four way of the first time ever featuring an all trans woman uh, main event, making coming back and making good on on what you were trying to do at last the year's dolls, honey, the dolls. Yes, yes, and then including a, the referee. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Because uh, I believe you you uh, tabbed. Uh, Crystal from T2T for that match, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, Rev Crystal will be uh, the referee, and um, uh, Aubrey St. John, who is a another local trans wrestler and referee and model, will be presenting the uh, the winner with a trophy that I cannot say because I almost ruined something about the show. Um, but yes, they will be there. There will be a lot of doll mania going on, and I'm so excited. I'm excited for that match as well. Dark Sheik, Mariah Moreno, Candy Lee, Edith Surreal. Honestly, like the the who's who among uh, trans femme performers right now in, in the pro wrestling world. Um, mm-hmm. Just amazing there. And then, of course, the night before, you're you're doing it. You've got the the Rumble match for the Cassandro Cup. Thirty out LGBTQ competitors. We're getting our queer royal rumble, thanks to yeah, thanks to Billy if Dixon. I'm going out. I'm going out. I'm going to give the gays everything they want. So, oh, I, I how has it been for you approaching like building that kind of match right now? Because like Ooh. that just seems like a headache and a half. But like it a- is holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it'll be so cute to a rumble. I was like feeling myself. And then it's like, okay, now we have to actually put people in order and we have to do spots and we have to do how, who's getting eliminated. And I'm like, oh my God, this could be really political, really fast, holy shit. Like people are going to be mad if the thing gets thrown over the top rope at a certain time. I'm like, bitch, what the hell are you thinking? You should have just did eight holes in a tournament and called it a day. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I like a challenge and I love the Royal Rumble. I think everybody loves the fucking Royal Rumble. Like, it's like a game show of a match, and it's weird, and you can tell so many side stories and a long thread of a story, and, like, the creative juices, like, as we get closer, are flowing, and there are surprises. There are, there's one entrance that is, I can't reveal who they are. There's a, there's a couple surprises. <sighs> it wouldn't be a Rumble without some surprises. There are some, there's one entrance that I'm so excited about. <laughs> that is just, if you haven't seen it coming, it's just going to be so good. I'm just so excited. I'm crying. I'm so, I'm, oh my God. It's so, it's going to be so funny. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's exciting. And, you know, it's a way to include as many people as possible. Um and a lot of these young hoes, you know, listen, some of us at the top get a little old, a little tired, a little retirement, you know, need. But like, as many, you know, I know that this is going to have an elevated audience. So I want to spread the wealth and all that fun stuff. So I'm really excited to um, uh, share that and to tell the story of a match. And, you know, I think that the, the live audience and the audience watching at home is going to be really excited watching this one. Gonna be a really fun match. No, I agree. Like I, 
as soon as the, the idea was teased uh, 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 over a year ago, like I think that was one of the things that a lot of people just latched onto and just like, oh my God. Like one, we have enough to do it. And two, uh, like it's just, it's just a, something that I think even people that were getting invested in like the the broadening scope of LGBTQ identities in pro wrestling hadn't necessarily thought about initially until it was presented to them in that way. So I'm excited to see it happen. I'm excited to see all of the 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 faces and, and the surprises that are in store. Like you said, everyone loves the Royal Rumble. Even the most jaded WWE fans still watch the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I feel like it just it's just it's just the best. And, you know, it, outside of the rumble, I mean, the, the, the card is, the card is stacked. I don't, I don't personally, for me, I love a card of bitches trying to outdo each other. Can you top this? I, I love that. I think every match has the ability to go so hard, you know, and there's so many, I, I'm really, I mean, to completely put myself over, I'm really happy with this card. I'm really intrigued by the reactions to some of the matches and what we're doing and i i'm just like i'm so hyped for the show like i'm just so hyped like i'm really excited for cassandra cup i feel like it's our first cassandra cup with the crowd um which is exciting because like again like a lot of like i wish cassandra could be here you know i think next year we will probably be there and and uh in their recovery Mm-hmm. For them to be there and really be able to like engage and for it to be as safe as possible for them. Um, uh, and uh, just hearing people count down and then like being like, who's, who's, who's you know, oh, so excited. I have to ask, how are, how are we gonna, is there any way that we're clearing up the countdown clock? <laughs> oh, that is such a good question. Huh. You know what? It might be the Britney Spears like uh, hit me baby one more time. Dum, dum, dum. Oh. I don't know. Well, well, you know what? I'll have a conversation. That's a good. That's a good point. There, it, we do have to gay it up a little bit. <laughs> you are so right. Oh, I. I'm excited for it. Now, another, another aspect of the shows that I'm excited for and and have been really just thankful to see personally you know being on the west coast is the increase of of west coast uh representation on on this show as well you know obviously we had saint sinclair on uh a pair of bumping last year you know we've had here and there but to see people like kid bandit and kita and dark chic finally get out that way you know um see candy lee finally like in the flesh at a pair of bumping I committed several war crimes to make that happen. (laughs) Worth it. But I don't know. Like, I feel like obviously whenever a lot of this um, push started, you know, I I always come back to like Dark Sheets, Dark Sheets words back in 2020 about the West Coast having something to say. It's just it for me personally, it's just really gratifying to see that this there, there, that the nationwide aspect of this is being promoted on, like arguably one of the most, like one of the largest um, 
queer focused pro wrestling events of the year in, in that way. Um, was I, the, I tried to get as many, I mean, we have some Canadians coming too. Ooh. Uh, I, it's a, these events tend to feel like family reunions. We don't, you know, there's never going to be like, an, a, you know, hate to break it to you, listener. There's never going to be a touring all queer company. I just don't think that's possible yet. Um, you know, so these shows have such increased value personally and professionally, you know? Um, and I think that this one feels like this may be the only time this many of us are in a room at the same time. And that's kind of the reason why you should buy a ticket uh, June 17th and 18th. But, uh, you know, I can't see this many of us being in another room again. I just, logistically, financially, all the leads, like um, this was a big undertaking and I committed war crimes to make it happen. Um, uh, but it's a celebration, you know, very on brand for me, kill the career, have a party the next night, you know, like, um, you know, like, this is a celebration. This isn't, this, it's not about me retiring. It's not about any of that. This is a celebration. Like, you know, I'm a real big sap sometimes. Um, and I was watching uh, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. And there was just, it was just watching, I just started crying. And I'm like, how fortunate are we to be alive at this point in career? Oh God, I'm gonna cry again. Um, how lucky are we? to be alive, to see, um, our, like, we're so lucky, you know, to see our art on like these stages and competitive with the norm and like, to be out, ah, uh, fuck. Like it is such a blessing to live in this moment because there's so many people that I know who couldn't even come out and have passed. And um, I'm happy that I have the ability to create a place where people can um, be themselves and it's such a privilege and it's such an honor and I'm just um really happy that like pro wrestling is in a place where like these shows are outperforming the norm and are look forward to there's people who are under contract to WWE who are coming and like they want to see this. It's just like this is the this is fuck. This is the um the 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 product of like Cassandra and like Pimpinella and um Danny Parker. And like to be the conduit of that is such a beautiful thing. Ah, uh, uh, get it together, bitch. Um, I'm just really uh grateful and I'm really excited 
to see the joy. The gift of being a wrestler is to give the gift of joy. Um, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and um, oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm really looking forward uh, to uh, seeing everybody's smiling faces. Likewise, I am excited to just take in the environment there. Um, and I don't know if it's, I don't even know how to put it in the words really. Um, it, it is an amazing thing to see where we are at, you know, not just pro wrestling, like you said, like the wider culture and the embracing of, of queer culture and queer art in, in that way. It's, it's an amazing thing to see. Um, and, you know, one way that you are specifically honoring that is through Paris Honors as well. Yeah. Obviously, the second class uh, will be inducted this year. Uh, Dark Sheik, Eddie McQueen, and Larry Legend. Um, first, I mean, before anything else, what a iconic trio that you have there. Um, not like both for specifically for the queer community in pro wrestling, but also just the larger landscape of pro wrestling as well. Um, what, what made these three people stand out personally for you uh, as the people that should be inducted into Paris Honors this year? Um, <clears throat> so Larry was supposed to be last year, hmm. um, but he wasn't able to make it. So Larry was uh, a given. I mean, Larry's legacy lives on through the growth of queer ring announcers. Uh, uh, there's Ren, there's Jay Rose, there's um, Chad Spectacular, and then I'm sure uh, Meg Fair, um, you know, he, he really created a lane and was able to be like largely successful um, uh, uh, doing that. And he is so beloved. Uh, and he has been a, a great contributor to queer wrestling history. Um, the Dark Sheik is, 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 is different because her career, you know, part of it, a big part of it was her before transition and a big part of it's been after transition. And I think I wanted, to honor someone who, yeah, like did she do a thousand and one queer films? No, she didn't. But she embodies the do you aspect of our community, I think better than almost anyone. I don't see her compromising herself. I don't see her being anything but her. And I know to the to the like unwashed eye, nothing about her makes sense especially being successful in this industry, but she just posted today. She was able to, she was, someone said she wasn't going to make any money and she has a house with a pool. So let's suck on that, you know, like. Yeah. She, she proves that being yourself pays off in the end. And like, uh, Hood Slam is one of the coolest wrestling companies in the history of wrestling. So um, she deserves her flowers and she deserves everything that she's getting now. And I'm so happy for her. And I think, Eddie represents 
the unsung, they're going to be with anything, there's going to be unsung heroes in the grand scheme of things. As long as I got blood in my heart and air in my lungs, I will amplify my sisters that fought the good fight alongside me. It's not just about me. And I said in my locker room, it's not going to be about, I will not make this about me and Effie and Envy and Allie and like those of us who sit at like the precipice, like fuck that shit. It took a lot of us to get to this. And there were victories along the way that may not have been in Hammerstein or may not have been breaking IWTV records that carried merit. You know, Eddie McQueen endured the New Jersey wrestling scene, which at its worst is incredibly homophobic. And he did it his way and he did it himself. You know, there are things that can be said about former tag partners, whatever, but he was able to accomplish things just because you're associated or in your history have been associated with someone who has done wrong or not done right. Does not mean that you deserve for your legacy to be erased. And that's the mistake that wrestling made. And wrestling has no idea the impact it did on his mental health. The fact that all of a sudden you can't touch Eddie McQueen because of who his tag team partner was. That was fucked up and it was wrong. And a lot of people owe him apologies because he didn't do anything wrong. But he had to pay the price for something he didn't do. And outside of that, he was able to win the WSU Tag Team Championship. He was able to be in one of the most outrageous PCW matches of all time. He is the first gay performer to win a heavyweight championship in the state of New Jersey. He, he really epitomizes the glamour and the flamboyant side of being queer without being a caricature in the slightest. You know, Eddie is beautiful when he comes out to the ring, glamorous, chic, sexy, all of that. And for whatever reasons, a lot of it will be fat phobia, femme phobia, for sure. Um, he hasn't been given his just due because he's phenomenal between those ropes. You can't tell me otherwise, because I wrestled. So um, he does leave a legacy. He does leave a legacy. You know, and um, I wanted to honor him because he needs to be reminded who the fuck he is. And uh, that is why they are all being inducted. And uh, their inductees are coming out probably within the next week or so. Hmm. It'll be very interesting to see who who makes that list as well. But no, I couldn't agree more. I agree more with the, the choices, honestly. Um, especially, especially the way you speak about Eddie, um, you know, that they're all, all three are, are, are groundbreakers and, and trailblazers in their own right. Um, but just knowing like the the personal relationship that you've had with Eddie as well, like it. it I the am shaking my head in Lucky Changs. How gay is that? <laughs> no, it's very befitting that that Eddie Sheik and and Larry will be uh, joining that 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 young but definitely worthy pantheon that that you have set forth in in uh, Paris Honors so far. 
Um, I guess it's only fitting that the the last thing we touch on uh, here is your last match. Darius Carter, Billy Dixon, I quit. Imagine thinking I'm going to say that. <laughs> all he's put me through, how many snuff film kind of matches have we done and I haven't tapped since? It's very Please. true. Please. Old school, lay on your back. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm winning. Trish Stratus is my hero. She retired winning her match. She did. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do the same thing. He has put me through hell for two years. This story we have told about the 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 the, the toggle, the 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 toss, the push and pull of what people believe professional wrestling should be is very real. I think we are all seeing that play out. I mean, in mainstream to independent, it's a real we at a real crossroads of a moment in the industry. And I represent what wrestling could be and should be. And he represents what wrestling has been, but it is in desperate need of evolving. So I'm going to take him in this huge diaper. I'm going to beat the shit out of him in front of the gays, and it's going to be great. <laughs> and he's going to have to live with for the rest of his life that the last time we fought, he lost. How beautiful is that? I love that. I hate him. Love that. <laughs> it's a very fitting end to at least end of this chapter. For, for Billy Dixon, so to speak, you know, especially considering, like you said, the, the rivalry and the back and forth that we've seen between the two of you over the last two years. Like I saw that the hype video that was put out uh, yesterday, I believe um, on the, the vibe uh, Twitter account. It's just, you know, it hits you. Um, we've and, been doing this a very long time. Yeah. And it's time for it to be over. It was going to be the before I retired and maybe the announcement. It was going to be our final match, anyways, because my God, it just has to be over. Commissioner Jackson, the matchmaker, she's uh she's tired of the bullshit. And um, you know, if you've paid attention to every match him and I have had, there has not been a conclusive finish ever. You know, his out in the Paris is bumping one. Was that Faye got involved? Uh, at Cassandra Cup, he kicked out at, you could say he kicked out um, before three and the ref made a bad call. Um, and he cheated me at Paris is bumping solid goal 21. The, the, they, they came, those bitches were some stunts that night. How could we have prepared for that? They got us. But yeah. he also kicked me uh, with a sun dunk time to uh, win. So, uh, I can dispute that. So we haven't had a definitive who's going to win this match. And everything's on the line. And I will be damned if I'm going to go out a loser. Like, what? No. I'm not saying it. No. I, say it. I can't imagine you saying it, honestly. Um. When the that that bell does ring, whenever you know, whenever that match is over, obviously you're still going to be running the weekend show, so it's not going to be like that's like that match is done and then you have the, the opportunity to kind of sit with yourself and and think about you know that chapter of your of your wrestling journey being over. But after the weekend is over, after the the dolls kill it in the main event 
of Paris's bumping on Saturday. What do you think is going to be the, the feeling left with you once, once Pride and Vibe weekend is wrapped? Or do you even know? I probably won't know. I don't know what I'm going to feel after my match. Uh, probably will cry. Uh, but I, I love what I do. I love what I do. I'm incredibly passionate about this stupid art. This is, wrestling is so stupid. Especially, like, you're going to cut off ropes and there's going to spike down stuff. Like, come on, take a break. But, like, I love this. I, I don't know. Wrestling chose me when I was five years old. I'm in my room at my little office section, and I'm looking at uh, two of my favorite wrestlers, Bull Nakano and China. And I'm like, I love this world. I love what it's given me. And um, I love it so much that I am going to walk away when I can't give it everything I have. Um, I'm going to feel pride. I'm also going to be in the car going home so I can make it back to the beach. Um, there's going to be a lot of beach happening in the retirement era. Very excited about that. Uh, I don't know. I wish I could give you like a really like profound, concrete, like make it the headline of the fucking article thing. But like, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to feel pride because we vibe. Maybe that's what it is. You know, I like, I, 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 I I'm very, without the crying, jumbled up version, I'm very grateful that I've been given the honor and the duty and the trust to create these events, to create this career, to create the art. I'm very honored and I'm very blessed and I'm very appreciative of that because earning an audience's trust is one of the hardest things to do as a performer and to do it in a way that people are willing to travel from around the country come to this thing it's just so mind-blowing and then there's just no words um and I'm just thankful um uh and I don't know what I'm gonna think about I just hope it goes well it will go well yes but, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well Billy um you know I don't know when we're gonna get the chance to talk on this podcast again obviously but you know if, if this is the the last time for a while i just want to say like you have been such a valuable and integral part of what we've seen grow in pro wrestling over the last number of years um and i say that both as someone who covers the industry and as someone who has been a fan of this since they were 10 years old and waited for a moment like this to to see so many of us being out and open and proud and flourishing and, and creating spaces in, in the way that you and others have. Um, no matter what, and, th and this is what I'll leave you with for now. Um, you will always be the gay president. <laughs> you will always be one of the queer manders in chief. 
I will never fucking forget Butch versus Gore, that first event. I swear to God, that was a uh, a, a life-altering experience. Um, I know not for me, but I know for so many other people. And um, honestly, thank you so much. I know the hashtag has, has been going around uh, in the past 24 hours or so, but thank you so much for your contributions to this um and i just hope that kyle enjoys all of the beaches that uh this break no matter how long it is uh brings to you thank you so much i really appreciate that and i want you to know that i do receive that thank you very much yes well let everybody know where they can uh, get tickets for Pride and Vibe Weekend and uh, where they can uh, follow you online if they, uh, if they wish to do so. If you want to follow my manic tweets as we approach my retirement, you can follow me at the Billy Vixen on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Pro Wrestling Vibe at P-W-V-I-B-E, that's P-W-Vibe on Twitter and Instagram. And in the bios of both accounts are the ticket links. And I want to be clear, if you can't make it to both shows, that's totally fine. There are individual ticket options, not just weekend passes. You can come there at any um, any price level, uh, and all the all the money. If you want to sponsor it, give us money. We need it. That goes to the talent, not to me, not to anybody else. The talent and the bank accounts. And thank you to LGBT in the ring for sponsoring Pride and Vibe Festival Weekend. And I'll have you know that my last match is sponsored by LGBT in the ring. So, um, uh, yeah, follow us there. And, um, you know, I am so grateful to have been on this podcast as many times. I am the undertaker of this podcast, and I'm very grateful for that. I'm so grateful for the work that you do, Brian, and we appreciate you, and we appreciate the PWI 5,000 that you're going to have to do in December. Um, and, Don't even uh, fucking tease me with that right now. I mean, listen, you know, you know, uh, there's a couple hundred that come out every June. Good Lord. There, this year, there are. We might, we might break the tipping point, but um, thank you so much for all the work you do. Um, we really do appreciate it. And I think that Outsports um, and your work has been incredibly motivating for us to keep going because we are seeing the fruits of our labor so thank you i i appreciate that i too am very bad at taking in positive uh stuff so uh yeah i i i really i really do appreciate that as well and you know the only way to to really end this you are the first number one on the qwi 200 well, however many numbers that number goes up by, you are the first number one, and that will always live on. Always. Thank Billy, you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. My thanks once again to Billy. Um, just... You know, I don't know if... Uh, Billy is during their time away uh, and you know, running Pro Wrestling Vibe if, if we're going to have the chance to, to have them back on the show. 
um, you know, with this exit from the public eye, at least. But I can safely say that this show would not be the same if not for Billy Dixon. You know, I, I, I feel like I've talked about this before, but in the very early days of this podcast, you know, I had a lot of nerves about reaching out to people and whether people would be interested in, in coming on this show at all. Um, a lot of doubt about that. And Billy was one of the first guests that we had, I believe episode five. We're on episode 154 now. Um, and, you know, having people like Billy agree to come on the show and, and learning more about them and getting to know them um, a little bit, as much as you can, in, in these sort of, like, parasocial relationships. Because for as many times as Billy has been on the show, and as many of Billy's shows that I've been to, um, <laughs> I still am yet to meet Billy in person. Hopefully that gets rectified on June 17th or June 18th whenever uh, myself and Casey are out there to watch uh, the Pride and Vibe weekend uh, and take all of that in. But, you know, a very, very personal thank you to Billy Dixon for being one of the people that inspired confidence in me that this idea, this podcast, this work that I do is taken in by the wrestling community. And Billy isn't the only one who has, you know, told that, told me that, or has shown that that is a a thing that happens. But, you know, I just look back on as many times as Billy has been on and he truly truly is the undertaker of the show <laughs> very fitting that he uh, teamed so many times with the Bundertaker in Uncanny Attractions well that's going to do it for us this week make sure to get your tickets for Pride and Vibe weekend I cannot stress enough how proud we are to sponsor that show to sponsor Billy's last match, to sponsor that four-way transfem main event at Paris's Bumping. Just a whole lot of pride coming from us for being able to support a show like this. And just all of the shows that we support, you know, Pride Style, Wrestler's Lab, uh, Invictus, all of the different uh, promotions that we have uh, sponsored here and there. Um, I truly love doing that. And there is something just a little special attached to being able to to put our voice behind this show, this weekend in particular. Especially for Billy. So, thank you, Billy. Until next week, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. And happy birthday, Shay McCoy. Bye. Everybody's